You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. And good morning to the Classic Auto Mall podcast from beautiful downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania on a fantastically beautiful, cloudy, misty, rainy, might be little thunderstorms and lightning and maybe a little snow. Our kids just called from Colorado. Today is April the 15th. And they got six inches of snow in Colorado Springs last night. Is that right? Yeah. Apparently the West has gotten a ton of snow and, this year. And, and, and flooding and all that stuff. Right. And it's, you know, there could be reasons for it that we're not going to get into because that's not what kind of show we have here. Uh, this weekend is, uh, we'll see. What is today? Today is our 84th show. Um, air date is going to be 422 on this show. So if you've seen this or when you're seeing this or hearing this, you'll Meekum Houston will be over with and Barrett Jackson West Palm will be over with. And, uh, a lot of these auctions that are going on right now will be over with. We were at the Mark Smith auction down in Lynchburg, Virginia last week, and it was unbelievable. The, uh, it's a lot of barn find type cars or as found condition type cars that are on there. And it is probably, um, probably one of the best collections of barn find type cars I've ever seen. And that's saying a lot considering, you know, we have a whole bunch here. So, (laughs) right. Exactly. It's not like we're not, uh, we're immune to the barn finds, but anyway, uh, some of the highlights of that sale, I mean, really amazing. Uh, Orient buckboard, the 1903 Orient buckboard. If you've ever seen one of those, they are about as crude a car as they ever get. They're like a, piece of plywood with four wheels on it right. and a lawnmower motor on it brought $29,000 and it's esti- against an estimate of 10 to 15 and a Ford Model A Roadster brought 39000 which is happy days for anybody who owns a Model A Roadster mm-hmm. because this one wasn't fully restored. It was just in drivable condition. So, But then the, the star of the show, the 32 Chrysler Imperial Custom Roadster, which is Arguably one of the prettiest cars I think I've ever seen. It is really a gorgeous car, and it needs, you know, everything. Uh, the estimate was eight hundred thousand to a million two. It did a million six for a for an unrestored car. But according to those people that know those kind of things, that's a three or four million dollar car when it's done, which is you know so far outside of the realm of anything. It's hard to grasp. You're sitting at an auction and the guy next to you is raising his hand on a $5 million car. You just can't fathom that. How can, how can you right. do that? Easily. Easily. Yeah. Just without hesitation. Right. You know, I just watched it happen so many times. And it's funny. It's usually a guy you've been talking to who you don't know really who he is because everybody looks the same at an auction. You know, <laughs> it's not like you're sitting in the CEO chair. You never know who's got deep, deep pockets. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you never judge a book by its That's cover. Right. Isn't that correct? And mm-hmm. we tell everybody to do that. But, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, show number 84 that we've done. So we're all pros at this. And uh, hopefully um, we're going to actually start recording a, on a different day. So that's going to be a new thing for us coming up. So, mm-hmm. But we'll still be Saturdays at 10 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. So if you want to catch it for the very first time, you'll catch it a week later on America's Web Radio. And then beyond that on Spotify and 
whatever else. Mm-hmm. Those, a- Apple, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, all those things that <clears throat> all I'm, of them, yeah. I know nothing about And they're still housed at americaswebradio.com. You can go to programs and go down to yeah. Classic Auto Mall, and all 80-something shows are there with great guests and yeah. just great interviews. It's We've great. had some great guests. We on, really have. And uh, got another great one today we'll get into in just a minute. We got our finally got our Formula One driving simulator game delivered from Ireland. Wow. We ordered one. Uh, we ordered it Monday, and it was here on Thursday. I can't get payroll checks from 30 miles from here in the mail in 10 days. And Are you this, sure it wasn't here already and they just said it's from Ireland to sound fancy? To sound fancy. The two big boxes showed up. I and bet so we're going to set this up in the in the basement. Some assembly required? Oh, yeah. It's like a – don't ever buy a gas grill at 2 o'clock on a Saturday and invite people over for a 6 p.m. dinner because you'll never have it together. Right. There's 900 bolts and screws for the gas grill. I, so. I bought a generator for the winter and I still haven't <laughs> tested it. So I don't want to be – you have to – you should really run it before you uh, right. hit an emergency. Right, yeah. It's ide- the ideal thing is to check it out uh, beforehand. <laughs> and to not, it up. Yeah, to not find out at the last minute. You know, a lot of people have generators for their homes, though. That's a big thing. Oh, yeah. You know? That's an East Coast thing. We had one for our theater in Branson, Missouri, because you don't want to refund 2,700 tickets <laughs> uh, if the power goes out. So, right. you know, we just – it was literally – it was a big old cat diesel mm-hmm. D9, whatever it was. I don't even know, remember now. And, boy, I mean, the minute that power went off, you didn't lose a second. That's it great. was just amazing mm-hmm. how it worked. So, but uh, anyway, uh, some of the uh, new inventory this week, man, oh, man, oh, man, 935 cars we have in inventory right now. Which is amazing because you're selling cars, too. We're, we're selling and we're buying. we got 935, which is probably the same as last week because we've sold and and, mm-hmm. and, and, and then taken in consignments as well. So it, sometimes it's equal. Sometimes it's out of skew. Sometimes it's not. So we sold 38 vehicles in the last two weeks. We were off last week. We didn't have a show. So we have 38 vehicles. And you ask, where did where, we? Where did they go? Where did all those vehicles go? Mm-hmm. How about Dracut, Massachusetts, Flagstaff, Arizona, McAllen, Texas, Weldon Springs, Missouri, Heritage, Tennessee, South Point, Port, Connecticut, Gainesville, Florida, Lebanon, Missouri, New York, New York, Winchester, Virginia, Salisbury Mills, New York, Toledo, Ohio, Pottstown, Pennsylvania, Brennigsville, Pennsylvania, Clendenin, West Virginia, <laughs> Centerville, Texas, Morton, Pennsylvania, Media, Pennsylvania, Jacksonville, Florida, Irving, Texas, Bedford, Pennsylvania, Atwater, Ohio, Hamburg, Pennsylvania, Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, Franklintown, Pennsylvania, Christiansted, Virgin Islands. That's the first for us. Reading, Pennsylvania, Soudertown, Pennsylvania, Jacksonville, Florida, Hope Mills, North Carolina, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, East Earl, Pennsylvania, Pinion Hill, California, (laughs) Ligonier, Pennsylvania. I'm sure I butchered that. And another one to Jacksonville, Florida. Unbelievable. (laughs) We sold them everywhere. How many states is that? 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 states and the Virgin Islands. And the Virgin Islands. Wow. Which could be a state, but we don't know that. Right. right? So some of the new inventory we got in, some interesting uh, 40s, uh, late 30s and 40s cars. Uh, that we got in. We got a 48 Chrysler New Yorker sedan that's, uh, you know, with a fluid drive semi-automatic. So it's, uh, kind of a hybrid between a clutch and an automatic transmission. Okay. One of the first ones of those. So a 320, 323 cubic inch inline eight cylinder. Wow. So, yeah. So it's a big old long block. Um, and it's a neat car. It's, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, that car is now, what, 75 years old or so, or mm-hmm. somewhere in that neighborhood. And you'd think that by virtue of lasting that long, that they would be valuable, you know, in, in the stratosphere price-wise. But mm-hmm. they're not. Mm-hmm. They're still just considered, you know, a, a, an old car, which is cool. And I like that. And, and it's funny. A guy said to me, you know, we were talking about you couldn't sell four-door cars anymore. Or you couldn't sell four-door cars because everybody wants a two-door or a convertible or 
or a wagon. Uh, but the guy told me the other day he bought a four-door Bel Air from us. And he, I, I said, uh, so tell me, what, what prompted you to buy a four-door? He said, well, obviously the price is less than a two-door. He said, well, when I'm driving it, I can't tell the difference whether it's a four-door or a two-door or whatever it is because I'm sitting in that same perspective exactly. that I would have with any of those cars. So uh, another neat new car we got in, a 48 Nash Ambassador Series 4860 Custom Cabriolet. So it's a convertible Nash, which – when was the last time you saw one of those? Never. Rare. Yeah, very rare. Uh, one of supposedly a thousand built, mm-hmm. Stratus blue over blue and tan, uh, 234 cubic inch Le Mans dual jet fire inline six, mm-hmm. whatever all that means. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> they always thanks. gave stuff cool names though back <laughs> They then. did. They had such cool names that were long and, yeah, yeah. you know. Jet fire. Jet fire, which was, you know, everything was space age coming in the late forties and right. fifties. And mm-hmm. so if you look at all the designs of the cars, obviously the hood ornaments had space age stuff. And so For sure. we've, we've been over this, so we don't have to rehash <laughs> all that. <laughs> our listeners know. Our listeners already know. How about a 39 Hudson series mm-hmm. 95 country club eight? Uh, this is a neat car, black over taupe, one of 10 known, uh, to exist. Amazing. And, uh, known history, all the repair records, pretty, pretty interesting car. And then we got a really oddball rare car in, a 2002 Oldsmobile, I'm intrigued, Intrigue GL Final Edition, dark cherry metallic over dark and light pewter interior. Uh, one owner, so, you know, mm-hmm. it's, Got no miles on it. 6,560 actual miles on it. Brand new car. And number 246 of 500 built, which is an oddball car. Have you ever seen one of the, I mean, it's just a regular just a, car. It's just a regular car, but with low mileage. Yeah. It's you part know. of the final 500, which yeah. Oldsmobile put out. <laughs> you know, I, I bought a, one time I was at an auction and I bought a tan four door Chevy Citation with like 2,300 original miles. Wow. And I take it home and my wife goes, it's still a Chevy Citation four door. Is <laughs> I don't care how many miles, and it's tan. Yeah, right. So I don't care. It's like a Chevette. Yeah. Although I, I bought a uh, tan four door Buick LeSabre <laughs> just because I had an emotional attachment to seventy seven LeSabre, and it was a boat and ugly. And I lived in L A at the time, so it was weird to have. <laughs> so you didn't get any chicks. <laughs> Luckily, I was hooked up. By oh, you. Thank goodness. Well, you know, it was hey, ugly, though. Oh, I had a tan. Oh, let's don't even, we won't even go. <laughs> anyway, another a great car we got in, a 74 Firebird mm-hmm. Pontiac uh, SD455 Trans Am, cameo white over white, numbers matching 455. And this was kind of the pinnacle of horsepower in, in 1974, 290 horsepower. That was that was pushing it for 74. I know 75 was like 180 horsepower mm-hmm. in the Trans Ams. And this is only one of 943, and it's got the PHS document. Documentation, uh, which, as we've talked about in the past, doesn't mean that it's actually what all is still in the car. It means that's what the car was born with. You still got to make sure that the numbers on the engine and the tranny and mm-hmm. how deep you want to go with that numbers matching thing, you know, distributor and carburetor and yada, yada, yada. Um, but just because it, a lot of people have the misconception that because it has a Marty report or a PHS documentation that that, oh, that, that, that certifies the car. No, it certifies what the car came with, not what the car has now. And it may be one and the same. Uh, but you have to be careful of stuff like that. So, uh. I would say if people are listening to this a week after we record it, yeah. be sure to check the inventory if you're interested in that because Trans Ams, especially numbers matching ones, don't last very long. Yeah, they here. don't last very long here because we're in the Bible Belt of the Redneckville or whatever you <laughs> want to call it. Well, just Trans Ams in general. It's smoking hot right now. They really are. And it's funny because I'll, when I had one in high school, and mm-hmm. of course, all my friends gave me grief about it right. just because they couldn't have one. And now <laughs> they all have one and they're, oh, I got me one. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. 
I remember you giving me a little bit of grief about mm-hmm. this over the years. So, but anyway, we'll, I'll, I'll forgive them. So, but, uh, oh, I missed the Jaguar F type too. Mm-hmm. And that's a really cool car. It's a 2014. So it's more of a daily driver ish car. Um, five liter, 495 horsepower. The thing is really fast. It's got 81,000 miles on it. But I tell you what, if you look at that car, Mm-hmm. It looks like a brand new car. I mean, it looks like it just rolled off the showroom floor. And that black is a great color yep. in that car. And, of course, it's inspired by the old E-Type and XKE Jaguars, which purportedly Enzo Ferrari said was the prettiest car ever made. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If that's that's like you can have the Model T in any color as long as it's black. I, I right. don't really I wasn't there. so It's all subjective, right? I, I couldn't verify any of that. But uh, but anyway, it's uh, and it's got the ZF 8-speed uh, automatic, so... You know, that's working that fuel mileage thing as much as they can. I think the car, one of the cars I just bought is uh, a 10-speed automatic. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so. Can't yeah. imagine what's going on in that transmission. A lot. There's a lot of <laughs> meshing and going oh, yeah, and, right. and oiling and lubing and, and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, that's the thing. Yes, we specialize in classic and special interest cars, but there are dr- daily driver versions of those that we have here. Mm-hmm, uh, you know, exactly. you, there are plenty of, you know, cars that were built in the 2000s and, and, you know, 1990s that are collectible, uh, A and B, uh, kind of fit into what we do, but bec- could become a daily driver, if you will. So, uh, anyway, uh, when we return, uh, we've got a very special guest uh, joining us via Zoom uh, from Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, Mr. Corky Coker. So when we return, we'll have, we'll uh, speak to Mr. Coker and uh, talk about all things automotive. We'll be back just now on the Classic Automall Podcast. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And good morning to the Classic Auto Mall podcast from beautiful downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania on a fantastically beautiful, cloudy, <laughs> misty, rainy, might be little thunderstorms and lightning and maybe a little snow. But what we are going to get into is our fantastic guest from Chattanooga, Tennessee, Mr. Corky Coker. How are you this morning, Corky? I'm great. How are you, brother? We are doing fantastic. You know, we've been talking about doing this for about a year and a half and, uh, yeah. yeah, it's hard to get schedules and everybody on the same page and all that. But we're really glad to have you. Um, I didn't know this about you. You were born in one of my favorite towns. And the reason it's my favorite town is my favorite company is located in your hometown, Mayfield Dairy Farms. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a bunch of folks that are bluebell aficionados and they, that all these other ice cream, they ain't nothing like Mayfields. 
I'm with you a hundred percent. I, I try to figure out a way to bring some home every time I come back to Pennsylvania because I love their ice cream sandwiches are the best and their brown cows are the best. And we could oh, do yeah. a whole show on Scotty Mayfield and the success of Mayfield dairy. But one of these yeah. days, the Pennsylvanians will get it. We don't, they don't quite understand food up here, Corky. It's not like in the South. So, <laughs> you know, I, I remember coming to Hershey back in the sixties and, I'd go to Friendly's or something like that and ask for grits, and they said, well, what's that? <laughs> is that ground up corn husks? <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect description of what they think it is. I'll, ne- I'll never forget the first time I was here. We had a dealer auction, and we had a cafeteria, and, sh- and the girl knew I was from the south, from t- Knoxville, and she said, oh, you're going to really love lunch tomorrow. She said, we're having chicken pot pie, and I said, oh, I love chicken pot pie. <laughs> and she brings out this plate the next day, and it's and it's this soupy-looking stuff with these round clumps of dough. I said, that's that's chicken and dumplings. She goes, no, that's chicken pot pie. I go, you don't know. They don't no. know. It's got to be in a little round tin about that that big so you can put it on a plate and cut it yourself. And, you know, steam comes out just like mama used to make them. You know, we could do a whole show on food, so I guess we somehow digressed here. But anyway, uh, uh thanks again for being on the show. So tell me, where's the name Corky come from? I think I know the answer, but uh, tell our listeners where that comes from. Well, you know, my mama um, said, we're going to name him Joseph. And it was after the young man who had the coat of many colors um, yes. and and uh, in the Bible. So she wanted to have a Bible name. And it was it, the Jewish description or definition means productive. And I guess that kind of uh, said something about me, too. But my dad was uh, a big and very voracious Sunday morning paper reader, and he would read the Sunday morning comic strips, and one of those that still exists today is Gasoline Alley. And the guy that rode around in the cart picking up junk and parts and stuff, name you know, there was, you know, there was several people in that uh, Gasoline Alley comic strip, but the name stuck. My dad says, you're going to call, you're going to name him Joseph. Uh, but he, we're going to always call him Corky and it stuck. Oh boy, it did ever. Have you ever met anybody else named Corky? Oh yeah. Lots of folks. I've got a Mason down here, down the way that, that does some brickwork for me. And there's, you know, but there's not too many one name wonders in the, <laughs> uh, that have the name Corky in the, uh, in the automotive aftermarket and antique car hobby. I would think so. I think that was true. I, we were, uh, t- uh, speaking of the antique car and the car hobby, the Chattanooga Motoring Fest has really become a must attend event for everybody on their calendar. And you obviously are a big part of that. Tell us a little bit about how that all got going and, and, uh, where it's headed. Well, we, um, we're going into our fourth year and, um, we've got some really big plans. We've been talking to, uh, uh, you guys at Classic Auto Mall about coming. We hope that you're coming with, uh, Bell Zone and we'd love to have you here. Our event happens downtown Chattanooga. We have a wonderful, uh, historic downtown that, um, where, you know, we block off a number of city streets. There's restaurants on the streets. There's, uh, places for mama to go shopping when she doesn't gets tired of looking at uh, hubcaps and uh, checking out to make sure that the original tires are on all those collector cars. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's a really wonderful uh, event. Uh, it happens the week after Hershey, the second week in October. Um, you can find out anything you want to find out about it at, at Chattanooga motor org. Uh, and um, it's um 
uh, a really wonderful event. Sunday, we have our Chattanooga Motor Car uh, Concourse on, on the grounds there in the West Village, in right. downtown Chattanooga. Uh, it's around the Weston. My uh, partner and friend, Byron DeFore, uh, owns a number of the hotels, down, and his brother, Ken, owns a number of the hotels. Um, we have a 1.62-mile racetrack on private property right downtown within two blocks of the um uh of the Weston. Right. Um the my museum is on Chestnut Street, uh next door to the uh uh Chattanooga Hamilton County Convention Center. Yep. It is um it uh, it will host the Meek the third year of the Meekum auction there. Wow. So you guys can come down here and buy a lot of inventory and take it back to uh, Pennsylvania to sell <laughs> to all the, all the folks up here, right? We, all uh, folks up here. if you've never been to Chattanooga, I was, I, I was, I was back there last year for the first time in, uh, hundreds of years before, before I was there last. And it's, it, it's a wonderful town. It's a, it really has grown in a, in a, in a nice format and way that it's not overgrown and crazy busy like some of the places have gotten. But I mean, it's, it's got the coolest downtown I've been to in a long time. Well, we're, we're very proud of Chattanooga and we've got a, a city council and a county commission that work together. Two county mayors that really support the Chattanooga Motor Car. We've got the World Rally uh, uh, Association coming down to race cars. They're going to have a headquarters in Chattanooga uh, um, and race those rally cars in Cherokee National Forest and in some of the uh, uh, areas close to us. We've got, obviously, I mentioned this downtown racetrack. Um, this year, we have, uh, we have a very special event that I'm kind of sponsoring and heading up at the racetrack and on the show field also. It's Mercer versus Stutz. Oh, I love it. And we're going to have a whole group on the racetrack with Mercer's racing Stutz, uh, oh, automobiles because man. you know, you've got to be nuts to drive a Stutz, <laughs> but it's worser if you drive a Mercer. Oh, worser. I, that's a good Tennessee word. I like that a lot. Yeah. So right. is, is there, is there talk of the track becoming a permanent type facility? Is that going to happen someday or is it all going to be a street course like it has been in the past? No, well, we had, we had, uh, we've got, we've always had the majority of it on the Bend property, which is a development that they're building a whole West Village downtown next right. to the river with venues <clears> and they've got a, a, a river come going through it like down in San Antonio. Sure. It's, be an artificial river, but, um, uh, there's a battery producer there. There, there's talk of, um, you know, a local manufacturer automobiles, maybe having a stronger presence downtown. Um, so, um, we think that there's a good possibility. We keep, we will keep this racetrack on the facility downtown and who knows what that might move to. If, uh, we've got a really wonderful looking track, uh, it doubles into itself a lot. Uh, it's got some really cool chicanes. It goes through a, it goes through a, um, a, a huge big, uh, remnant of a building. We, we've got big, uh, pictures of some of the greats, um, uh, drivers, uh, of the years. And it's called the alley of the greats. It's, it's well thought out. We've got a, a children's area with a, with a Ferris wheel. Uh, it's, it's amazing. 
Yeah, it's uh, exciting. If you've never been to it, you you owe it yourself to go. And your specialty when it comes to these is the pre-war, the big, like the Mercer and the Stutz and the Nybergs and all that. And, I mean, those cars, those are not easy cars. You don't just get in and turn the key on one of those, right? Well, you you um, you know, you got to be a very smart individual. You've got to be athletically. You got to be handsome too, <laughs> in your jumpsuits, all of that stuff to drive one of those cars. Uh, I'm just kidding, but it's it's um it's a great fun time. We've got the ragtime racers. My friend Brian Blaine will come from uh, California, and we'll have about uh about ten or twelve. Early nationals and, uh, Sturdivant, uh, you know, there's, uh, EMFs, uh, Chalmers, a number of right. race cars like that that will be going around the track and doing the dance together, uh, going around the track. It's, um, it's a great fun time. Sure. Uh, and then of course we'll have Mercers and Stutches and then there'll be Porsches. And this year we've got a, uh, really wonderful grouping of about 30 of the greatest of the great Ferraris. Really? Um, wow. We've been sanctioned by our good friend, um, uh, uh, Bill Marriott. Yeah. He has loaned us his name. He's got some really amazing, uh, Ferraris and we're creating a club that's focused around Chattanooga. So all these folks will come, uh, to Chattanooga and be involved in, in showing off and driving their Ferraris. We've got Luft this time coming to uh, the Porsche stuff cars coming. Uh, uh, to set up a display downtown. Wow. We've got Canosa going to do a rally. Um, yeah. It's all happening in Chattanooga the week after her. She's second weekend in October. So be here and, uh, you know, have fun with us. Absolutely. So driving one of these pre-war cars at, let's say, 70 or 80 miles an hour feels like 200 in any other car. <laughs> Is it really? It, it does. It yeah. does. Um, you know, they, they, there were a lot of cars. If you look up some of the records in 1911, 12, 13, some of the average speeds were, you know, 70, 80 miles an hour. And, and back then, that's when, that's when racers were real men. Uh, and today we honestly, with some of these early race cars, we wear safety helmets and we wear, uh, jumpsuits, et cetera, but, uh, we do not wear seat belts because, uh, these cars, uh, if you, happen to wreck them or flip them you want to be you want to move quickly away from the automobile absolutely that makes a hundred percent sense so and i love the like you were just talking about the period correct attire of your guys do you do you you visit every thrift store in america to find this stuff where do you where do you find Uh, that stuff you know you can find it on ebay you can find it on there's a there's a um there's a really wonderful website called historical emporium that's a lot of stuff. You can buy dusters. You can buy, um, my wife and I, when we attend concourses all over, we, we've got a number of brass cars and we, we love to dress up in period clothing and people are just, they just gravitate to our car at Amelia this last year. We showed our 1911 top 35R Mercer, uh, Mercer race about. Right. And, uh, I had on my vintage boots and, you know, she wore a big hat. And, right. We have a great time and people enjoy seeing us. Absolutely. And do you participate in other, or other historic races around the country or is it just in Chattanooga? Yeah. This year in, 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 uh, June, I'll be in, um, at Indy and, um, we've got, uh, we've got some, uh, in August, we'll be at Laguna Seca for, uh, the Monterey Historics. I bet a Mercer through the corkscrew is pretty fun at uh, Laguna. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Mercer is the best no matter what you're doing with it. It right. actually in Chattanooga last year, we had a long straightaway on a city street and we, we determined to get the, the race course 
adapted so it's all on private property. But I was doing about 70 miles an hour in that 1911 Mercer down uh, Riverfront Parkway. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's something for, yeah, not for the faint of heart. And of course, in the old days, the, you know, the real racers would have a cigarette dangling out of their mouth, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what else they, what else they did to Stuart? They, yeah. those guys that raced in Indy, they wore those white jumpsuits. But if you looked at the, those original pictures, they had a white tie. And I mean, a white shirt and had a tie underneath all their jumpsuits. And, you know, they had goggles and there was oil all over them and they would get out and they'd start changing tires. But Ralph Mulford, who placed second in India in 1911, he placed first, but, um, he, he basically was changing tires and he had a tie on in, in the race. Well, the the days of dressing up have, are long since gone, I believe. But anyway, when we return, uh, we'll continue our visit with Mr. Corky Coker uh, on the Classic Automobile Podcast. See you in a couple minutes. It's a museum. It's a showroom. It's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania with 937 of our best friends cars here. And, uh, hopefully we're selling a few today, although it seems a little slow. I think, uh, uh, April 15th may have something to do. <laughs> People may not be thinking about buying cars today. And we've got our special guest, Corky Coker, on the show with us today. And, uh, we were just talking about how Chattanooga has become sub- such an up and coming area or, or city, but there's some great stuff around the area. You mentioned the national forest but how about the tail of the dragon have you taken any of the brass cars up to there oh sure absolutely <laughs> there's you know i remember growing up as a kid my dad would we'd go on car tours everywhere and, and we went I, I grew up in the back seat of a 1910 rio or a 1930 uh murray body uh model a uh, sedan but wow. i remember uh cutting those curves and those dips on the tail of the dragon it's just gorgeous yeah it's an amazing place and and it's it's not only the tail of the dragon is a great road there's other the road down to fontana dam up there is really amazing i mean the whole great smoky mountains is just a a beautiful part of the world if you've never been there and of course i i wanted to touch back on the rally that you were talking about i mean that's that's amazing that's rally is not you don't see it a lot in the United States. And I think it's something that we'd really appreciate if we understood it. You know, I, for years I owned uh, the great race. Uh, when, when I sold Coker Tire Company, I sold it with the company. But those time speed endurance rallies and rallying with um, um, vintage cars in the, the hills of uh, western North Carolina and, and eastern Tennessee, Going through Murrable, you know, you Marble. Marble, yeah, and <laughs> and uh, in North Alabama, North Georgia. I actually, Teresa and I live in uh, the most northwestern town in Georgia, in Wildwood, Georgia. Uh, it's just so wonderful. Um, 
you know, if, if we've got a number of people that come and visit the Coker Museum here and, uh, we've got a friend who outlined about, uh, I think he's got about 12 different tours. You can go out and do a three hour drive right. and you can go over to Jack Daniels distillery across Montego Mountain. You can go down the, the valley. It's just, um, wonderful yeah. rally for Canosa will this year will go to Highlands and uh-huh. stay old Edwards Inn. And come back in on Thursday. Um, we've got, um, uh, V8s in the village on Saturday. Um, it's, it's just going to be a wonderful weekend. So, uh, I encourage everybody to come. And if you've never been to Highlands, North Carolina, boy, oh boy, oh boy, that's a r- really beautiful part of the world. It, it, and they have a motoring fest up there as well, too, I think. It's, it, you know, it's nice to see that the, it used to be you didn't see many events like this in the South. They were always in the Northeast and this part of the world or out on the West Coast. And boy, the South has really picked up on doing these. And even, you know, I guess if you call Amelia Island the South, I'm not sure if you call Florida yeah. the South, but, but you know, it's, it's funny. The, the car hobby or business, if you will, uh, uh, you know, has changed a lot over the years, yet in some ways it hadn't changed at all. I mean, we still sell Model A Fords, and who would think that anybody won't be interested in buying a Model A Ford? Yeah, well, you know, there you you mentioned uh, the Mark Smith auction and, and the amount of money that that, the little Model T, um, the Mercury bodied with the 16-valve um, Franny overhead valve uh, motor, uh, brought $70,000. How, you know, a, a 1903 Model A Ford, right. uh, it's not the same Model A that we're thinking about from 28 to right. 31, but right. uh, brought what, 170 grand or something like that? And, and the Model K Ford brought 370 something yeah. thousand yeah. dollars, which those are, the Model K Ford is probably the Duesenberg of Fords. It was the one that yeah. they tried to make it upscale. Uh, yeah. and realize that probably wasn't their core market. <laughs> right. You know, it, it's funny. You, you mentioned the great race and, and you guys basically revived that from, from, from the, yeah. the, I, mean, I brought it out of bankruptcy. I brought yeah. it out of bankruptcy and, and, um, you know, um, it, uh, really is an amazing event. Uh, you know, it's the greatest fun that you get, that you can have with, uh, with your car. Uh, I, I say with your clothes on. <laughs> I thought you were, I thought that's uh, where you were going. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it, it, it is a time speed endurance rally and you show up in these little towns and 30,000 people come out and they, you know, I remember my son Cameron, uh, started going with me in our Schaefer 8 IndyCar when he was 12 years old and he signed for the whole week or, or two weeks, he signed maybe 300 autographs <laughs> from the brochure. And we right. flew back into Chattanooga. We got at the airport and we walked in there air, airport. And my, my 12 year old son said, dad, where are our peeps? <laughs> yeah. You kind of get used to get a little taste of that fame, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and the thing about the great races is that, Come hell or high water, you're, it's, it's snow, rain, sleet. It doesn't matter. You're racing. You don't, you don't stop yeah. for weather. <laughs> yeah. You know, funny things to I'd show up in towns and I, uh, in the Schaefer eight and, and, um, my, uh, the question I was asked most of the time, I, I was asked two questions actually. Um, what do you do when it rains? And I look at them with a befuzzled look and I just say, <laughs> I get wet. <laughs> it's um, amazing. And then they would ask me, um, where do you get tires for these? And I'd look at them before. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to do more advertising. I know 50% of it work. I just 
I just don't know which 50%. Which 50%. That's the thing. You know, we advertise all over the world, our place. And then a guy will be just over the other side of the mountain. He'll say, didn't know you were here. We've been here five years. We're 336,000 square feet. How did you not know we were here? But you know, the one thing that Coker Tire did that we do a lot of, and we kind of modeled it after what you did is you decided long ago when you were doing this, that you took a, you went to the events where the people were. So you went to Hershey and Carlisle and all these events and set up your your little show there and that became the way that because that one-on-one with people is the best way to, to explain what it is you do that's right and you know i i will tell you Stuart, that i you know my, when i came back from college in 1974 my dad said here i want you to take this little fledgling part of our business and i want you to make it go and i did and it did but he said you really only need to do one show and that's hershey and i did not agree with that and i went i I slept in the back of a truck. I slept in the back of a van and I went everywhere. And I remember, um, in our biggest heyday, uh, a few years back, we would have, uh, four tractor trailers at, at Hershey. And I, I had, uh, three, um, 10 foot tables side by side by side. And I had like eight guys with a computer there and there were five to eight people behind each one of them. Oh. But my point to you is, those people would come and buy something or they would ask if we get, but they would also come and say, Hey, did you ever think about, um, uh, building a tire for this? And, right, right. or they would come to you at, at classic automobile booth and say, Hey, do you guys have a, um, you know, maybe a, what was it that you said earlier? You had a, uh, I forget. A 2002 uh, Oldsmobile Intrigue. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You got one of those? We do. So yeah, exactly. That's the way it works. And, yeah. uh, you know, we set up a big tent at Hershey up underneath the sign and it was an area that nobody wanted. Uh, it was up on the grass in between the, the car corral and the main road out, out there, uh, the main highway in front of Hershey and th- in front of the park. And we set up up there. And the minute we set up there, everybody wanted that spot. Nobody had wanted it for 25 years, but that's how it works in this business. But yeah. we, we love going out to the events and talking to the people and telling them about what it is that we do. Because if you ever tried to explain, the size of our building, 336,000 square feet. It's like describing the color blue, like I said earlier. It's people don't really grasp it. And then they walk in here and they go, Oh, wow, this is amazing. So, and when you're, when you're one on one with people, you can do that. And that's how you grow a business, in my opinion. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Stuart, I've got a question. Yeah. You've got, I see in the corner of my screen over there, I see yeah. you've got a guitar hanging there. What is, <laughs> what's that about? Well, we're, we're hoping to get some fa- famous musical guests to come in here and play guitar for us, but we've yet to convince them. Although I'm friends with a few after living in Branson, Missouri. So I've got Bill Medley of the Righteous Brothers hopefully coming in to, to be on our podcast. However, I'm not sure if he knows how to play guitar. So. You know, I, as you were starting the show, I saw the edge of that guitar and I, I went over behind myself and I got, oh, I got my, my instrument out here. That oh. is a, uh, that is a five string banjo and that's a Prusa. That is wow. a, that is a, a Czechoslovakian built right. uh, banjo pres- uh, specifically built for a friend of mine, Russ Carson from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. He oh. is the banjo picker for, uh, Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder. Car guy, um, met him at Hershey years ago. Sure. But 
I'm a banjo picker and love music as well. So that's why I had to ask you that. Well, my ex-father-in-law, I was living in Branson, Missouri, was Mel Tillis. And, uh, and, and so I was married to Mel. Exactly. I finished his sentence one time. That was the only time I ever did something like that. <laughs> you didn't do that and it didn't go well. But, uh, Mel was a great guy. I mean, <laughs> sorry about that. I, I'll try to time it a little better when I'm going to say something funny. Um, yeah, Mel was great though. You know, we had a theater in Branson and, you know, we met everybody from Garth Brooks was there and, Jerry Lewis yep. and you know you just name it it was it, I got to watch Sunday football with Dick Butkus on Mel's couch in his dressing room you talk about I mean you die and go to heaven type stuff yep. but uh so we love music so we were hoping to have somebody in here play because I know how to I'm a really good air guitar player but that's about it so I uh I, I just have it there in hopes that someday we'll have somebody in here famous that knows how to play it and we'll we'll you know you don't want to ever miss an opportunity right yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So we're, uh, do you miss the tire business at all? I mean, do you miss that? It's gotta be, it had to have been a grind. I know it was fun for you and you enjoyed it and you built a great business. It had to be a little bit of a grind as well. I did it for 45 years. My father, um, had long since passed and, and he, he, um, wanted to make sure that in my, when I purchased the business from him, that I would never sell it as long as he was alive and, you know, I, I saw things changing a little bit and, um, my children, two children were not interested at the time. So, uh, and it was big. I had 150 employees. I had a production facility, a, uh, 100,000 square foot production facility in, in Los Angeles and made rims and flew 200,000 miles a year and all that sort of stuff. So it was, it did become a grind, but, um, I do miss the, the people and I miss solving problems and right. you know, you, you can't use um, the direction of, of a bit, the business takes after you sell it. Uh, and I wish they, these, this private equity company be doing a lot of things different. Sure. Um, you know, there's not as many car guys running it as I would like, but um, you know, who knows? We'll yeah. see. Maybe they want some of my opinions and, <laughs> Maybe they don't. Was there, there, there was no clause in the contract on your opinions, right? No, I can get, you know, I, and there's also no clause that says they got to take my opinion. <laughs> right, exactly. So, but you know, what's funny about business in general is I got to imagine that, you know, we all have different perspectives. I have a business partner in this business and sometimes, you know, our perspectives are a little bit different and we try to, you know, the ebb and flow and give and take and, and all that. But, you know, sometimes it's hard to do. But anyway, when we return, we'll, if you can stick with us for another segment, Corky, we'd love to have you for a few more minutes on sure. here. Yeah, sure. When we return to the Classic Auto Mall podcast, we'll continue this uh, in-depth conversation with Mr. Corky When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. 
If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania, where it's still cloudy, overclassed, and but it's sunny in here, and it's sunny in Chattanooga. I'm hoping. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's, that's all that matters. So I got to ask you, when you head to your place in uh, the northeast corner of Georgia, what's your daily driver? What do you drive? What's what's your? Well, you know, I I got about 250 vehicles. <laughs> That I can choose my 1911 Pierce or I, I've got a wonderful 34 Ford pickup truck that's original, never been restored. And it's got a T5 behind a flathead with a little cam and it just purrs and goes down the road at 70 miles an hour. Or, you know, I, I drive a pickup truck, you know, yeah. you know, man, you never know when a man needs to haul something. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? My wife got onto me yesterday because we bought a Denali pickup truck, which is really not a pickup truck. And you know, you really, oh. it's not really designed to haul stuff. And I'm throwing stuff in the back of it. She goes, well, you're just tearing up your new truck. And I said, honey, if I was going to buy something that we weren't going to put anything in, I would bought a Suburban or, a, you know, something yeah. else. It's, it is a truck. And of course, then I scratched a big scratch in the bed. And, she, you know, of course, I told oh. you so came. So, you know, it is yeah. what it is. So she always knows it. more than I do. And that's, you know, thank God she's yeah. around. Listen, if if my wife wasn't here, the success of my business would be about a quarter of what it is. Yeah. And you'd be a you'd be a wreck. Yeah. Yeah, which I am anyway. So, you know, my job, unfortunately, is not as much dealing with the cars as it is now spreadsheets and marketing and all that. And, and what I was alluding to with you is that, you know, I sit in front of my computer most days and, and I hear the guys test driving the cars outside there over there. And I'm, you know, crunching numbers and doing all that stuff. And, and I miss that part of it sometimes, but that's part of you know, being successful and, and, and growing a business, right? I mean, it's just, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Somebody's gotta do it. Um, I, you know, what was interesting though, I read somewhere about, uh, uh, back in the day that, you know, what, when you all were starting is that you'd see Duesenbergs on truck tires because nobody was making tires that fit a Duesenberg. That's right. Absolutely true. In any one given time, Stuart, I, I probably had 10 or 12 new tire molds in production. And some of those would only sell annually, you know, 40 tires. Um, and our production runs were 200 tires. Now it became a dilemma where, you know, some of the tire industry came together and it's never government hasn't come to say to the tire or the automotive industry, tires only last 10 years. You can't sell them after they're 10. No, I, I've sold tires that are 25 years old and as long as they're stored cool and dry and, you know, they, they are not deteriorating, et cetera. Now back in the teens, um, they're, uh, when they use cotton cord, cotton in the inside of the tire would rot, but right. uh, 
polyester, nylon, rayon, any of that sort of stuff won't. But so, you know, in the early days of Coker Tire Company, we were, it was harder for us to source product than it was to sell it. Right, right. Um, we, you know, I remember we had a, a relationship with a Goodyear plant in Brazil, and we we sourced. I think, you know, we we didn't have any money to speak of, but we right. bought a thousand Model A tires uh, and oh, wow. uh, shipped them into Chattanooga, and I unwrapped them or and, and wrapped them and stacked them, and then I at that time I was typing every single. Um, label. Um, wow. Then I I got really up upscale, and I I got a fax machine, and I could communicate with people by fax. But they had that stupid paper that you know if you didn't make a copy of it, it'd go away. You know, it would fade out. It would fade in like a year yeah, or less. Fade out. But but uh, you know the days and and the the wonderful people I met. Um, car car people are the best people in the world. And, uh, you know, I, I just have to say that, um, I've been, God's really blessed me to grow up in a family that love God, love vintage cars and love their family. And, and, um, you know, we're still that way. Um, I love car people, um, yeah. I love to help folks, uh, even if they bought something from Coker Tire Company next door and they mess on you, I still, I still get involved and try to fix it. But, uh, because it's my, it was my baby. It's your name on the door still, regardless. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's a name that, you know, if they had gotten rid of, you really would have realized that they didn't know what they were doing. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a name synonymous with, with the, the tire business and, and all of that. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting. What, what's your take on these cars that, that are like one specific, a specific tire for a specific car and that's it? I mean, what do you do yeah. in that case? You know, there's only 50 cars in the world and, you know. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've, I've got a, a really fun story. Uh, I've, I've had some of those. Uh, I was at Hershey one year and Rob Meyer came up to the stand at Hershey and he said, Corky, I got a problem. I've, I've got a bet with Robert Lee at a, uh, Utah that, uh, I will have his Daimler double six on the field at, at, um, uh, at Pebble Beach. And, um, you know, he said, we got the motor, uh, we got a problem with the motor and I think Roush is going to fix the motor and, but it's got a really weird tire size on it that nobody in the world makes. And I said, okay, what is it? It's, it was a 750 22. Well, I figured out how to solve that problem. I took, changed the bead rings on them on another, another mold. And I, because the dimensions were the same and I made right. about 20 tires and this car had, uh, two spares on the back, but it was a huge big tire. And, um, so it, it, anyway, about two weeks after I said I could do it and I'll get them to you by June so that you can get the car on the field by August. And, uh, about two weeks later, Rob called me and, and he had told me how much he bet Mr. Lee that he had. And it was right. more than some of those cars that sold the market. <laughs> anyway, right. so, uh, he said, how much are you going to charge me for those tires? I forgot to ask you, how much are you going to charge me? And I said, Rob. You're a dummy. You told me that you bet the guy hundred grand. So a little less than a hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, just a little, right? Oh, I love that. Because, you know, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's a supply and demand issue, right? And, and, and the supply is not there, then you got, and listen, it, it ain't nothing to, to build these tires. It's not like that you just can go, you know, push a button and all of a sudden you got a tire. But, you know, I think one of the secrets that you guys notice also in business, you gotta, you gotta give a, a value, a fair value for a, a great Absolutely. product. 
You got to have good people servicing it. You've got to do what is right. Always do what is right. You got to stand behind it. And that's what we did at Coker Tire Company through the years. And, you know, I think if we ever had a problem with somebody, we fixed it to the best of our ability. And, and, um, uh, that's what you got to do to make, but you got to give a fair price for the. Listen, uh, our, the guys that we hire here are car specialists. I don't care if you, you don't need to know how to sell. You just need to be a car guy and be able to talk to a guy about cars. But you're the, you're right. I mean, listen, if a guy calls up and there's something wrong and it's something that we've done and created, then by golly, we're going to fix it, whatever it takes. I don't care what it yeah. takes. It doesn't matter. And, and, you know, my wife is the business end of it. So I always get that look, you know, those cheater glasses she's looking at me yeah. above, you know, what do you mean yeah. you gave them this or that or whatever? Yeah. I said, well, it was the right thing to do. If we claim a car has ice cold air conditioning and it doesn't it even doesn't. have a compressor, yeah. then, then we've probably erred to the side of not favorable to the buyer. So, you know, yeah. listen, it, it's one of those things that, that it's a judgment call in business and uh, but my partner said something fascinating yesterday and this is so great he says enemies are expensive and i'd never heard anybody say that and i thought it's so true if you don't try to do the right thing then and it costs you a lot of money and and it costs you way more money than if you'd have just given the guy you know i love it when i go well you know would two hundred dollars make you happy the guy says I promise I won't say anything bad about you on Google. I'm like, well, then here's $200, you know? You know, uh, Martin Luther King said something very similar, and it's about the same kind of deal, but it a little more spiritual. He said, um, you know, hate is too big a burden to bear. I right. choose Yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing? That is so true. Well, you know, it's funny when you listen, the older you get, the more you hear these sayings and things like that. And, and, and they, they stick with you. You know, it's like back in the old days, I know we all wish we'd paid more attention to when grandmother was telling stories because there's some stuff I'd really like to ask her now that she's long gone. And I know she told me, but I was like, Oh yeah, blah, whatever grandma, you know, I know before we go, I want to talk about one other thing that we haven't talked about. And that's SEMA. Um, you know, your involvement in SEMA is, you know, obviously, uh, a huge uh, part of your life and a huge part for SEMA. I think it was a it was a win win situation, right? Yeah, it really was. Uh, you know, I was the first um, participant in the restoration market to be chairman of the board. I served on the uh, SEMA board of directors for twenty two years, I think. And um, you know, we we legitimize the collector car hobby into the industry and. When I was chairman of the board, we had um, 7,000 member businesses. It was a $40 billion trade industry. And, um, you know, I was really involved in making sure that we had, um, you know, political representation in Washington. And, boy, do we have a problem now. You, If you know any guy, anybody that are SEMA members, make sure that you support them, uh, especially the board of directors, because uh, – the overreaching federal government today is just trying to put our collector car business out of business. And, you know, with overreaching EPA standards, um, you know, it's just ridiculous. Uh, you know, the overreach by executive order to mandate that, you know, 70% of the cars are electric by 35. Uh, you know, I think, you know, it'll go away when, more sane people are in the administration, but, and I'm sorry, I'm not talking politics. I hear you. I am but, hearing yeah, you a hundred percent. I spoke one more thing, Stuart. I, if any of your listeners that are members of SEMA, there's a young lady that is, um, 
running for chair elect uh, from Helwick. Um, Melanie Smith is, um, uh, running for chair elect. She is the right person for the job. I endorse her. And I think that, uh, if you are a member of SEMA, you're going to be voting for a new chair elect soon. Vote for Melanie. She is the right person for the job and do, and will do a great job. I hear you 100%. You know, there's things that we do every day and I, and, and, and more so with title work and paperwork on classic cars and old cars and, and these ridiculous things that, that a four digit serial number on a Duesenberg has got the same serial number as a Kubota tractor and the Kubota tractor comes up stolen in Ohio and all of a sudden you can't get a Duesenberg titled in Florida because it, it, they don't yeah. even know that one's not even the same. <sighs> anyway, I'm with you a hundred percent and I'm a, a proud right. card carrying well, member of SEMA. I misspoke. Her name, her last name is White. She, oh, is she, she is a CEO of Helwig Manufacturing in Visalia, California, but um, she, she, her married name is White now. So, so. Uh, I will uh, definitely right. pass that on to all our people. We'll mention that in our newsletter that we send out on Monday as well. Yeah, if you would. Endure, I mean, she's amazing. Absolutely. So, uh, and then now you're running, you have the honest, honest Charlie speed shop and you've got yeah. your collection of cars and motorcycles there. I read a funny story about Charlie Card, the guy who started Honest Charlie's, he used to own a restaurant in downtown Chattanooga and he would yeah. leave the register open and you made your own change when you had breakfast or lunch or whatever. That's how he got his name, Honest Charlie. He, on the, it was actually a cigar box and he said, I'm honest or you make your own change. Because he had learned that you either had to be in the kitchen making the food or you had to be at the register. Uh, and he chose the kitchen. And, you know, after that, he uh, started the speed business. He was a second inductee into the Hall of Fame, SEMA Hall of Fame. Uh, I was I was uh, about the 40th, I think. But um, he was an amazing guy. Yeah. Um, they were the largest speed distributor warehouse in uh in the united states of america through the 50s 60s and 70s and they just got tired of business and didn't go out didn't go bankrupt or anything like that they just the heirs decided they didn't want to do it anymore yeah and that and you know we see that happen a lot and sometimes you just can't blame people you want things to continue but it's not our choice necessarily right yeah so I gotta ask one last important question. Uh oh, okay. Are you a Tennessee, are you a Tennessee Vol? I am a Tennessee Vols fan. Now I'm married to a little girl who I love. Right. Even in Ohio. So I gotta, I gotta be kind of partial to the Buckeyes too. I hear you. You know, we got a good team. We're, we're doing some good stuff. So Absolutely. I'm sure you being uh, close to the stadium there. Uh, spending some time in Knoxville, you, uh, you probably are too. I hope so. Yeah. Oh, a big fan. And, uh, you know, I, all my buddies out there are still there. My buddy, Harry Dinwiddie, who races down there with you from Knoxville, yeah. races Corvettes. He's a, I think he hadn't missed a home game since 1958 or something, you know, just, uh, uh, knee deep in it. And people don't understand Tennessee football like, like those of us who are knee deep in it do. Uh, but yeah, I'm, right. but I about got my Kansas City, Missouri wife there and it's only taken 23 years. So <laughs> hey, Corky, thanks so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it and look forward to seeing you in october down in chattanooga well any any of your listeners want to come to see us some really cool old cars race cars airplanes buses trucks all kinds of stuff the coker museum is open uh tuesday through saturday stay care man good to talk to you good to see Uh you 
We appreciate you listening to our show, and don't forget to come visit us in person next time you're in southeastern Pennsylvania. Admission is free, and our hours are on our website, classicautomall.com. The Classic Auto Mall podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media with music by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.